Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. I hope you guys had a great second day here at RVR, but it's not over yet. All right. But uh, I'm going to wake up a little bit. Now, guys, uh, you have my permission. All right. This stuff is too good to miss. Not because of me, but because we're digging into the word. All right, but you have my permission. You see your neighbor nudging off a little bit, okay? Give them a little squeeze on the elbow, a little squeeze. Uh, step on their foot, whatever it might be, a little, little, you know, shot to the kidneys, okay? Nothing too crazy. You don't need to, like, DDT them to wake them up. Just, just enough. Orkeo, orkeo. Okay, but just enough to, to wake them up. So, all right, let's see. Let's see if you guys have progressed. All right, so instead of just going side to side or front to back, we're going to do a little zigzag here. Okay? Okay? So let's see. Where do, where do I want to start? You know what? I want to start, I want to start in the back over here. Okay. Give me, give me your name again. Gray sweatshirt. Give me your name again. What is it? Addison. Oh, did you tell me that already? That's my daughter's name. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So Addison is right on you and these two ladies sitting with you. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. Start here. And we're going to go up this section and then back down this section, and then up that section, and then back down the paintball guys on the other side. Okay, you got it, ladies? All right, ready? You can do it. I believe in you. One, two, three. Word. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, I'm gonna throw it back, go the other way. Okay. All right, fellas, you ready? Yeah, wake it up. All right, here we go. So we're starting here. You're going up and then back and then up and then back. All right, ready? One, two, three. Word. Come on, keep coming. Back up, back up. Word. Hey, man, you guys are getting good. Y'all are getting good. All right. Good stuff. All right, guys, so let's, let's do a little recap here, all right? Let's kind of get our bearings on where we need to go this evening. But Sunday night, Sunday night, our key passage was coming out of Ephesians, doing a lot of, spending a lot of time in Ephesians 2. But Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. Remember, workmanship, that skill. He got hands on with you, right? The star-breathing God, he breathed into man, he became a living soul, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that key idea and that design, we are only going to see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants each and every one of us a part of the picture. He has planned for you to be in that design. He has planned for you to be a part of the picture. He wants you there. All right? Then last night, last night, Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. Not going to read that whole passage again, but I want to highlight this, this section on the, go ahead, jump to that next slide. That we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And we talked through kind of those difficult trials and life seasons and situations, those things we walk through that make us question God's goodness, make us question that role of, of saying, man, if 
How can this be a part of my story? How can this be a part of the design? I shouldn't have to walk through, uh, I shouldn't have to walk through that turmoil in my household. Why am I dealing with this weight of comparison and pride? Why have I been going through the motions? I was brought up in church and I have these expectations. You know, why are these things a part of my story? And those experiences cause us to question some things, right? But those experiences are also the things that draw us together, not just in the difficulty, but in the healing. So last night, our main idea was the weaving together, that God uses everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece. And through our own images, he connects us all together through himself. Through our own experiences, we all become interconnected through Jesus. So I don't know where you were at coming into this week, but maybe you've been resonating with some of the illustrations and stories and examples. Maybe you connected with some of the characters in the first part of this, uh, this kind of drama skit video that we've been watching. But guys, where we need to go tonight, I actually want to reference a video we watched yesterday where some of your counselors, they were bringing those lanterns up to the stage. And we're talking about the idea of coming out of darkness and into the light. So here's what we need to do tonight. We have to bring some things to light. We have to bring some things to light. John 3.20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Now guys, what that last word there means in that verse, that they should be exposed... It means to see the truth of a matter. To see the truth of something. And there is something that we have to take some time to discover tonight. We have to expose some things. We have to bring some things to light. We have to see the truth in some issues so we're able to move forward and let God continue to work. And this truth we need to come to know, that this thing that we need to have exposed so we can see it for what it is, is sin. This morning in, in Breakout, Rocket was talking about, you know, that, that image of the shirt unraveling. That's what we're talking about tonight, the unraveling. How can this tapestry become completely undone? How can it be unraveled? And sin is the thing that unravels. Sin unravels. It is the one thing that threatens to unravel the tapestry God is weaving. To undo, to unravel, or is to undo. Because I want to take this kind of a step further. That not only does sin unravel, but it kind of functions as this sickness that threatens God's design. It wants to threaten, it wants to unravel, it wants to undo God's plan and design for each and every one of us. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you... Now, guys, before I go any further, I want to give you a perspective here. Ephesians is a letter that this guy, Paul, killer man of God, awesome man of God, he wrote to the church in Ephesus. So he's writing to people who already believe in Jesus in this city called Ephesus. So he's saying, hey, you church, you believers, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, 
carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So what's Paul saying here, guys? He's saying, hey, each and every one of us in our flesh, in our own desires, in our own passions, we have walked and lived in sin. We've all done it. We've all screwed up. We've all fallen short. I want you to understand something. Yes, God has created you. He has gotten hands on with you. He has a beautiful plan for you. He wants you a part of the picture. But this is something we need to expose. We have to bring it to the light. Because of sin, every ounce of our flesh is running as far as possible from holiness. Every ounce of us is trying to run and flee from the Lord and run and flee from holiness. It is pulling us away from Him. In Galatians, it specifically talks about it. It says the flesh is opposed to the Spirit. It is fighting with the Spirit. They are in opposition to each other. Okay, so let's understand, what is this sin, this this flesh, this wicked desires, what are these things doing to us? Sin sickens. Now, guys, this is so interesting to me, but the definition of a sickness, it's a disorder of structure or function in a human animal or plant, especially one that produces specific signs or symptoms or that affects a specific location and is not simply a direct result of physical injury. So guys, by very definition, I want you to look at this. Sin functions as a sickness. What does a sickness do? It disrupts its order and function. Sin has disrupted God's design. It is threatening to unravel his tapestry. But there's like a glimmer of hope in this definition is that there's symptoms to it. There are things we can pick out to say, wow, I can see the evidence of sin in my life. I can see the evidence of sin starting to threaten my relationship with people, my relationship with the Lord. So there's a chance for us to recognize the patterns of sin and then start to work on it, start to address it. All right, so you might be asking, what are those symptoms? Brandon, good question. Let's figure that out together. The symptoms of sin, Psalm 38, guys, the passage is not going to be up on the screen, but I want you to listen in for a second here. David, he's described as a man after God's own heart. He's writing this psalm. He's writing this psalm. And ready, here's here's your little Bible tidbit for this evening. The psalms, guys, this incredible book of the Bible, are all these different poems and prayers and songs. And there are, not songs, there are psalms of lament or mourning. There are psalms of praise. There are psalms of kingship. And here's what I love about the entire book of Psalms is they always go back and forth. You see a psalm of praise, then you see a psalm of lament. You see a psalm of praise, then you see a psalm of lament. And this guy, David, who's described as a man after God's own heart, he shows us the reality that just because we decide to live and walk with Jesus, it doesn't mean all of our problems are going to be solved overnight. It's a process. Some days are great, and we praise them. Some days are difficult, and there's a struggle because we're all in process. I love that. But look at this, Psalm 38. David gives us this outline of the symptoms of sin. He says, O Lord, rebuke me, not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. 
There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. My iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate, which means laid down, face on the ground. All the day I go about mourning, for my sides are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble, weak, and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. And guys, that's just a taste here. But as you go through Psalm 38, David describes this deep anguish and pain. And we start to see some of the symptoms of sin, a shame, a conviction, a a feeling weighed down, just feeling heavy, sorrow, feeling of defeat. But guys, here's here's the tricky part. So about, I want to say like a month ago, I had COVID, and since then, I haven't been able to shake this cough. It just kind of pops up every now and again, but I hardly even recognize it. I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but if you've ever been sick for like a long time, you start to learn how to live with the symptoms. In the same way, if you're not paying attention, you start to learn how to live with the symptoms of sin. You start to learn how to ignore it. Ignore it. You start to learn how to push it to the side. And you start to make exceptions and say, ah, so what? I have a cough. It's all right, I just have a runny nose. And we just start to learn how to live with that weight so we self-medicate, right? We have our own ways of solving those symptoms, solving those difficulties, and we learn how to live with the symptoms, symptoms of sin. We learn how to ignore it rather than dealing with the virus, rather than dealing with the root issue that is sin. And this sin, this sickness, it is threatening to unravel. But how is it going to unravel? Because, guys, sickness spreads. Sickness spreads. Guys, sin functions like the sickness, like the, the, the infection. And one example is gangrene. All right, I'm not trying to gross anybody out. If you're a little squeamish, you might want to plug your ears. But, guys, gangrene is an infection that's caused by a lack of blood flow. Okay? And when you deal with gangrene, what happens is the tissue in your skin, in your body, it starts to die. And so say you might get gangrene in your hand and at your fingertips, they start to turn green and then black. And gangrene continues to spread through your hand and up your arm. And once it gets to your torso, once it gets to your major major organs, you're dead. But... You can stop gangrene in its tracks by cutting off the dead tissue. So if you get gangrene, you start to get that dead tissue in the hand. Your fingers start to turn black. What they'll do is they'll amputate the hand, and it saves the person's life. And Jesus even talks about, that in the, about this in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand sins against you, cut it off. Because it's better for you to be one hand, one foot, or one eye than to have your entire body be burned in the fire. So guys, sin functions as this sickness. It functions like gangrene where it wants to spread. In the same way, sin can start small 
It can start as one lie. It can start as one rumor. It can start as one moment of lust. It can start as one small, simple thing. And it grows and grows and spreads. And then it threatens to destroy your relationships. It threatens to destroy your heart. And literally kill you. And destroy your life. That sickness can spread throughout our entire life and then overflow and impact the people around us. So guys, last night I gave you this quick example of that spiritual family tree, right? We can throw up that first one, that spiritual family tree that you guys are here hearing me deliver the word, but I'm here because of a guy named Brian Ferguson. Brian Ferguson got to where he's at because of another guy, David Adams. David Adams came to know Jesus because of Mrs. Schlafly. But what if Mrs. Schlafly, what if she fell into sin, then she wouldn't have that opportunity to preach the gospel to Dr. Adams. And Dr. Adams wouldn't have gone to start the student ministry program at Liberty University, and Brian Ferguson would have never gone to that. And Brian Ferguson, he would have never gone to that, so he wouldn't have become a student pastor, and then he wouldn't have taken me under his wing and mentored me and poured into me. Now, I'm not going to be so prideful to think that if I wasn't here, you guys wouldn't be hearing the gospel. RVR is an incredible place. They have some amazing men of God to come and deliver the word. So if it's not me, it's somebody else. But to make it a little more personal, what would that look like for my life and the relationship with my wife, the relationship with my kids? And sin, like a sickness as it spreads through people's lives, can unravel all the beauty God is trying to weave together. But in the same way, you can save someone from gangrene by cutting it off. There's a way to cut off sin. Ephesians 2.12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That sin just completely separates us from the Lord. But we are able to stop Sin, we are able to stop this sickness. What is the treatment for this? We are able to stop it dead in its tracks through two things. Repentance and redemption. Repentance and redemption. All right, let's, let's dive into this first one here, repentance. Guys, repentance, it simply means a change in direction. That we're supposed to turn away from the things of the world. Turn away from sin. So here's the deal. All right, if this direction is wickedness and sin and the flesh, sorry, horsemanship, no offense, just bad luck, that's all. This direction is holiness and righteousness and pursuing the Lord. Here's what repentance is. Okay, guys, pay attention. There's a difference in repentance and confession. There's a big difference. If I'm walking towards sin and the flesh and unrighteousness, confession is going, oh, Walking in the wrong direction. That's not good. And you keep walking in the wrong direction. Repentance is saying, oh, going the wrong way. Let's fix that. It's a 180 degree turn to start pursuing the Lord. Instead of pursuing the flesh, instead of pursuing wickedness and unrighteousness, you're starting to pursue holiness. You're starting to pursue the things of the Lord. Acts 3.19, repent, therefore, and turn back 
that your sins may be blotted out. They're erased. They're done away with. The Lord's going to handle them. How does he handle them? Through redemption. Redemption means to save, to retrieve, to repossess, to reclaim, to rescue. Guys, Jesus is trying to rescue you. He's trying to reclaim you, repossess you, trying to save, trying to retrieve you. And I love that word specifically, retrieve. That Jesus leaves his throne, comes to the earth. In the same way he got hands-on and he breathed life into us again, he comes to the earth, he gets hands-on to go and pluck us out of hell. To bring us into relationship with him, give us that opportunity to spend eternity in paradise. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our sins or trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And what I love about this, guys, is God not only redeems us as individuals, but he redeems our relationships with each other. Not only does he repossess us in the same way sin spreads, redemption spreads even more powerfully. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. Listen to this. And that he might reconcile or redeem, that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility, destroying that sin, that sickness. So guys, we talked about God's design and how that design is being woven together. But what we needed to expose tonight, what we needed to understand the truth of, is that there's something threatening that design. And that sin, that sickness of sin, like gangrene wants to spread through us and destroy us. But God, I love this. Here's kind of our big takeaway, our big point. If we allow sin to infect us and spread through our lives and relationships, it will slowly pull apart the design. But Jesus can restore all that has been undone. But what we need to accomplish tomorrow night is understand how he does that and why we do it. So y'all come back now, you hear? Let's pray together. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for your word. It convicts us. It challenges us. But it encourages us. In the gospel, the news of Jesus, it's called the good news. But there can only be good news if there's bad news. The bad news is sin wants to destroy us. Even in Genesis, God says to Cain, he says, Cain, beware. Sin, it's crouching at your door. It wants you, wants to rule over you. Paul talks about how sin wants to 
chain us up, entangle us. So we have this real threat trying to unravel, destroy God's design. Like a cancer. Like gangrene, it wants to spread throughout our lives and destroy everything that you're trying to create. But God is so good, he is ready, waiting for us to respond to him so he can redeem, he can restore all that sin is trying to undo. God, you've been so good to us so far this week, but we're greedy and we want more of you. But we praise you, we thank you for all you've blessed us with so far. And we know you're going to continue to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.